beginning transmission 121. Vader down. File under. Andy Wilson 1. This Complete morons in the process. Since this is Andy's birthday month, we decided we're going to give him the entire month and he gets to pick all four books. And he, well, 
I've read half of them so far, and he's picked very good books in my opinion so far, so I'm excited about this. So rolling forward, so uh, we will start with introductions with the man of the month. We have Mr. Andy Wilson. Hi, everybody. I'm Andy Wilson. You can find me mostly reviewing movies, sometimes comics, TV, other stuff over at graphicpolicy.com. Uh, you can sometimes hear me uh, on the Board as Hell podcast with Adam. Uh, Hi, Adam. Hi, Adam. <laughs> uh, we, we need to figure out a, a better schedule. Uh, we'll talk more about what, what's going on with that. But, oh, uh, coming soon, not just yet, uh, but you will also be able to hear me soon on the Hall of Greatness. So I will go into that more once we get to the end of Andy Wilson Month because... By then, it will be working. And you're also the curator of the, the Geek awesome. Show podcast archives. Oh, yeah, that whole thing. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for a birthday present for uh, the, the Geek Show podcast for their 10-year anniversary, I'm like, someone should set up a website that has all their past episodes. And I said, I could do that. So I did it uh, with the help of Dr. Paul White and Travis the Pie Man Johnson. And uh, we put them all up, and there they go. So... Uh, yeah, I, I built that, um, but I did not do any of the content whatsoever. But hey to Geek Show. Uh, the other half of Bored as Hell, we have Mr. Adam. Hey, what's up? It's me, Adam. Uh, I do stuff with Big Shiny Robot, and um, like I said, we're figuring out Bored as Hell. With Andy Hi, Wilson. Andy. Hey, Andy. <laughs> uh, you also catch me over uh, on Cinema Queens with our good friend yes. Chris. Hi, Hi Chris. And yeah, so the, this month for Cinema Queens, we went to the Danny's Heels Film Festival. So we're going to cover our two favorite movies and our two least favorite movies. How many movies did you Ooh. see? I was talking about ten. Okay. So so there'll be six that just don't get a mention. Pretty much. No, I'm, I'm trying to do some capsule reviews for Big Shiny, but they're just... I mean, they, nothing was really horrible, but there was some stuff that was just kind of meh. It was, it was kind of meh, the whole thing, so... Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Sounds like a film festival. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we have. I mean, the whole brood uh, is uh, there. Uh, so we will go with Mr. Todd, freshly returned back to Utah. Hi. You look Tanner. I I also look burner. You should see me with my pants off. Ooh. Go, is that an go offer? On. <laughs> I've got people's attention now. Oh, yeah. No, I was at a baseball game, so I had sports day. You know, yeah. take a look at me 15 years ago. Tell them what I did today. That person would go, who? But no, yeah. Brian and I had sports day last week, and on Thursday we went to a afternoon game of the Anaheim Angels, and then we did an evening match of the LAFC versus LA Galaxy inaugural match at the new stadium. Uh, it's not the inaugural match, actually. It was the second one because they had the first one at the uh, Galaxy game. So well, it was the, the second meeting of uh, El Trafico, but it was the first one at LAFC, yeah. First one at that's, LAFC. That's, so I yeah. had a nerd. very... Sports nerd! Did Beckham <laughs> still play for the Galaxy? This is no, not... he's still an owner, though, but he hasn't played in, like, five or six See, years. this is how far out I am. And the only reason I know him is because of the movie. So there you go. Yeah. He's living high at the Spice Girls uh, royalties. Yeah, he's doing... Actually, I think... Yeah, all that Spice Girls cash. I think he might have actually been the rich one out of the two of them yeah. after his career. He did pretty so, well for true. himself. Yeah. I will say the cool thing of the LAFC game, and I'm sure they're not the only ones that done it, but their um, mascot's a hawk. And they brought out a hawk and they let it go, and it would fly and make big circles within the stadium and swoop down, and it did that five or six times. And it stole a small child. It really it might did. have. 
That's it took it off and dropped it off in a uh, at the top of a volcano, and that's why we have a forest fire. Yeah, now. That's right. It's like a liability issue. Who, who cleared that? <laughs> I know, right? You know what? You you offer up your child to the gods of soccer if you bring them into that stadium. That's how it goes. Anything goes. Part of the waiver. Yeah. Yep. And I also successfully so I bought an official jersey for LAFC, and it was cool. It was fun. But I've got a brother that's just this most flatlined, can't get a reaction out of him for anything. So I spent full price on a overpriced jersey, just and I wore it in front of him for two days, and then he just looked at me and he went, "Todd, you're an RSL fan, damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I texted Brian, "We have success." But hi, I'm Todd. You can find me here on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. I also do English class hooligans with my better half, Amy. Hi, 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 Amy. hi Amy. Along with our producer and host, Cat Wrangler here, Brian. Hi, Brian. Hey, Brian. Oh, I always talk about stuff. So, yeah, that's the podcast we can tell our parents about. Which I still need to edit the most recent episode and put it out. So, hopefully, it's out by the time this one comes out. It'll be another lost episode. What's the next episode? What's your next book? Uh, the next one to come out, we just recorded uh, Macbeth. Macbeth, the Scottish play from <gasps> the Scottish. Play. Yes, I, I basically we cheated. I sound designed it, and I dragged Todd and Amy to opening night with me. So, because I having sound designed it, I read it about five or six times. And it, I don't know if they read it or not. I'm sure they have read it in the past, but it saved them having to reread it. It really was a whole but It was a lot of fun. We <laughs> we talked about that one for a long time, and Shay's we did. We went on for a while. It was great fun. Yeah. So You're yeah, great fun. I am great fun. Thank you. I'm glad people. Well, your pants are off. That. Yeah, exactly. I was going to you should see with this pants by the prickings in my thumbs. Yeah, I've, I've got these stripes. Uh, I've got like headlights as my knees because my shorts were just a bit short at the LA game at the, the, the Angels Angels game. And so I've got the top of my knees are burnt. And then where I was wearing my sandals, awful. it is. And where I was wearing the sandals, the top of my feet are burnt squares on there. And I'm like, yeah, that's vacation. Yeah, that's me. Okay, could be worse. I uh, I t- took Cat uh, and Jimmy Martin from Geek Show. Speaking of Geek Show, uh, to Disneyland the other day, uh-huh. and Jimmy and Cat apparently thought it would be an okay idea to wear Vans without socks and wander around a theme oh, park all day, and new Vans at that that have not been worn. Out. I like, I love those two, but I have not seen grosser blisters <laughs> on anyone's feet than Jimmy. Like, it makes me nauseous now just even <laughs> thinking about it. It was just. It it looked like one of those things of like, and this man climbed Mount Everest and had gangrene and lost his big toe. Like that's what it looked like. It was just oh, it was disturbing. Wow. Oh, um, now, now I want pictures of Jimmy's yeah, it was, feet and Todd with a sword. Oh, you um, really don't. That's I kind of do. Good um, now that sounds like a bad website. Jimmy's feet. <laughs> Rule thirty four. Yeah, There's no, it was, it was disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. So the uh, proprietor of jimmysfeet.com, we have Mr. Maya. Hey, all. I'm Mr. Maya. You can catch me on the internets and here at the Funny Books of Firewater podcast. Twitter at Mr. Maya. Instagram at the Mr. Maya. Come yell at me. We'll have fun. And since you're a, a cat lover, I will let you know that my cat got its stitches out today. It no longer has to wear the cone of shame. <laughs> However, I still have the small cone of shame with me, and I'm seriously tempted on putting it on my Yoda figurine. I thought it'd be really funny to have Yoda my have the cone Yoda of shame Yoda on. Yoda figurine? Is that another name for your dick? No. No, no, no. no. My Yoda figurine. I have. I got one of those like little Yodas that like if you turn it on, you can talk to it, and it will teach you like a lightsaber <laughs> dueling move uh-huh. and things like that. Like it, it roams around and whatever. It, it annoys the shit out of the dog. It's actually pretty entertaining you know, that I'm way. Not, I'm not uh, sure it took. You should get your cat spayed again. Third time's the charm. No, <laughs> you're Third time. They say third's the charm. Uh, 
jerk. Oh. Oh, if you put it on Yoda, though, you need to, like, draw on stitches and a scar somewhere to justify the cone of shame. You say it was, like, a lightsaber battle that went wrong? There you go. You never know if you... I mean, if I had a Chewbacca figurine, it would actually be kind of perfect. Like, Chewbacca and a cone of shame would be amazing. Like, maybe, maybe I'll have Cap Martin paint that for me. Maybe that's what I want. Quit trying to lick your balls where they used to be. Exactly. (laughs) No. Is that too weird of a request for Cat Martin to paint onto something for me? Dude, the strangest thing I ever saw the request is I was with Adam and we went some to some festival at the Gallivan Center. It was uh, Craft Lake City. Craft Lake City. And this couple came up and says, I've got these giant snails. And they showed pictures of these snails and like the footprint of these snails like would snail body would fill up the entire hand sitting on there. It mm-hmm. was just huge. And with all these pictures, it just had cat heaving in her mouth a little bit going. She did that one too. Yeah, I bet she did. Yeah, she did. So yeah. I'll also show you the David Bowie she made me. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. And I have yeah. I have a, a, a Cat Martin original uh, where she took characters from Five Nights at Freddy's and put it on this great like ancient Roman painting that oh, nice. she had. It's hanging in my daughter's room. She absolutely loves it. We Cat Martin Cat Martin artist at Etsy. Where is that? Where you go check it out? Plug for Cat Martin. Right. Go buy her. That's right. Go go buy yeah. her shit. Yeah, her, her her actual name of the thing is uh, Altered Landscapes. So you might be able to find it under Etsy shop under Altered Landscapes. Yes. So. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, she also has an Instagram account and uh, and a bunch of stuff that way too. I have uh, for Christmas last year, or maybe two years ago, uh, no, two years ago, I had her do uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Sherlock Holmes, and Watson, uh, like the British BBC version. I had a, her do a portrait of those two that I gave to my wife because she's a big uh, BBC Sherlock. Did Holmes you have fan. them kiss? So. No, I now I'm thinking I wish I would have. No, Kat's been offering it because I've you know. I've hooked her up on a bunch of different things, and she's been like, "I need to do an original for you." And I was like, "Oh, I'm trying to figure out what I want." You know what I mean? Because like, like she has stuff out there that I have a bunch of prints of that I love, but I want if I'm going to do something original for me, I want something that she definitely hasn't been asked for before. So I keep kind of racking my brain as to what I want. So I'm working on that. But um, and hey, I'm Brian. I'm the uh, I'm a sound designer based out of Southern California. Uh, by the time this comes out, I think all my shows are done in lyrics. So you know, until next year, if I don't have a diva fit and quit which todd was there for me having the closest thing to diva fit that i've ever had uh i was i got the review like uh, here's the thing and as a testament to andy and adam i firmly believe that good criticism is beneficial to art i know it's not necessarily a popular opinion but i believe that having good critics is actually a beneficial thing to press the art forward because you know art for art's sake is fine but you need someone to sit there and you know kind of help differentiate and maybe point out potential issues at least an educated knowledgeable you know eye and ear to sit mm-hmm. there and say you know this is where it was successful this is where it was not it, i think it helps everyone learn from it and helps push the art forward you know what i mean sometimes the art can be more progressive than the critics at the time are aware of we all and, and that's one of the things is like people always like to point out the the movies or the books that were not popular in their own time and then somehow over time became more popular but that's a whole other definition i'm reading a full different book on it which we can discuss later but the the critics in the small town in utah are shit um and it makes me insane like i did a sound design that i am probably one of the proudest sound designs i've ever been in my entire life i put in so much cool shit into that design and in it's it is not a subtle design. Like it is out there. Like it is definitely like there is a sound design. God damn it! Like huge. And 
not even mentioned in the review. And the review was more of like one of those like junior high school reviews of like, and so and so was in it, and so and so was in it, and so and so was in it, and and you were the yeah. Oh my, it just made me insane. And then of course on top of that, then the so like okay fine, the theater is gonna even promote bad criticism even if it because it promotes the theater they're gonna promote that fine but then they put up a photo of the you know from the show and they mention every design discipline except for me and i'm like dude if you mention all of them if you even mention the props designer and don't mention the sound designer i get that i'm not in the photo but if you're mentioning every designer and their cousin and don't mention the sound designer i'm a little annoyed especially because i know i'm probably one of the most expensive people they have but whatever Anyway, there's the end of my rant for right now. We'll get into something else. Don't you know so, who I am? <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the closest. Todd witnessed that diva fit. I, I, I felt I helped it, helped it together really pretty did. well. But I, I know, you really did. But, but you've known me for a very long time. You could probably could tell how pissed off I really was. You were. And then you got like, oh, fix it. Because you were texting someone going, dude, not cool. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then they only fixed it on one post. Anyway, it's a totally different issue. We won't get into it. But uh, so, yeah. So, uh, as a heads up on Vader Down, so this is a crossover from the uh, the two Star Wars uh, series, uh, Star Wars and Darth Vader, the two series. This is where they crossed over. Um, each of them, one of them was written by Jason Aaron of fame of, uh, he's written a lot of stuff. I'm currently reading Son of Bastards from him. He also wrote he's Scalped. Um, he's written a lot of great things. And then uh, Karen Gillian, who wrote one of our top two books of all mm-hmm. time, um, Wicked and the Divine. Um, both of these series are well worth your time. I will just speak out of line and say that I think both of these are great. I'm still continuing to read them, um, and I'm really anno- enjoying them. Also, the art in all these books, I always think, is pretty stellar and pretty awesome, and uh, is very satisfying even as a... I mean, I consider myself a Star Wars fan, but I know there are people who are hard, more hardcore than I am, so... I will. I won't say I'm a passive Star Wars fan, but I'm a moderate Star Wars fan, and I I find this very satisfying. Um, and I know people who are more hardcore Star Wars, Star Wars fans really enjoy this as well. Um, but the basic gist to get you into the plot is um, uh, this takes place between New Hope and Empire Strikes yes. Back. Correct. Yes. It's in that time frame. And so we Vader doesn't know that, or Luke doesn't know that Vader's his dad yet. So we haven't gotten to that spoiler alert ter- territory. Those movies are very, very old. So if you don't know that already, and you're listening to this podcast, I apologize. I've just spoiled that for you. Um, what? I know, right? Uh, and then the other thing you need to know is, so these are the adventures that follow them there. And Darth Vader is currently on the lookout for uh, Luke Skywalker. And he, at the very, very beginning of this book, not spoiling anything, he believes he has information and found out where he and the rebels are, and he is going after Luke Skywalker. Um, and also part of, I mean, just as sort of a backstory, part of the other thing about this, uh, this series of books that runs between uh, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back is it covers the idea of, so Darth Vader, the Death Star gets blown up, and Darth Vader somehow by the next movie is back in the Emperor's good graces. So part of what the story entails is the Rebels still continuing to fight against the Empire and Darth Vader doing his best to do damage against um, uh, the Rebels in order to get back politically into the Emperor's good graces and, and regain things. And there are other people in play trying to knock Vader down a peg and take over his spot. Does that seem like a fair precursor for everyone? Yeah, when, this, when this series started out, he's basically yes. the Emperor's butt boy. Yeah, exactly. Like he he is not in good shape with the emperor, and he has to, you know. Let alone he, I I, th- I think they imply, if I remember correctly, it's been a little while since I've read some of the first ones. He knows that 
there's a connection between him and and Luke, but he's uh Yeah, I think so it's he, I think you know. it, because this is this basically started the second year of books and I think it was in like the fourth or fifth issue of Vader uh Boba Fett came back and was like the kid that blew up the Death Star his name is Skywalker and then Darth got all pissed. Yeah, it's actually a really great scene where he's yeah. at the, he's at the front uh like window of the Star Destroyer and just like with the power of the force like like cracks the whole thing so it's pretty no it's awesome yeah <coughs> all oh. things that are not anyway. in this book so that gives, yes all things are not in this book but that yes. gives you a little precursor as what's going yeah, this on is, in this story this to is essentially this volume three of both star wars and darth vader correct yes um and so yeah it, it has one crossover issue that's involved in it and then it's basically issues 13 through 15 of both Darth Vader and the Star Wars book and it just alternates between the two of them. And the only other thing I will mention is uh, Vader has a mercenary for lack of a better term named Dr. Afra. Uh, I don't know if mercenary is the right word but gun for hire to a certain extent um, who has been assisting him in tracking down the guy. She, In her own series she sort of ends up being like a, a Star Wars equivalent of Indiana Jones. Um, she's looking for Jedi artifacts and she is an archaeologist by trade and she has two uh, modified droids uh, that were built to torture. They're, they're sometimes referred to as the murder droids. They are two of my favorite characters in the entire world. They are an evil version of C-3PO and R2-D2, and they get so disappointed when they don't get to kill somebody. And they're in prime form in this series as well. BT and Triple Zero. Yes, they're some of my favorite characters ever. So, yes, I really want them to show up in the Star Wars universe because they're really fun. But Well, if, so, you, uh, if you happen to have gone to San Diego Comic-Con a couple of weeks ago, Hasbro actually, one of their exclusives was a three-pack of figures of Dr. Aphra and BT and Triple Zero. Oh, it was a Comic-Con exclusive? Yeah. yeah. And I want that so badly. I oh, do too. It was so great. Well, at Disneyland, they actually have a build-your-own R2-D2 and C-3PO, and I want to like go try to build my own versions of the murder droids. The color scheme and, and make it. Yeah, either, either that or I'll make them. I'll, I'll like I'll, I'll buy something close, then I'll send it to Lee George Cade and have him repaint them for me. Uh, so one of those options, but. Okay, so as we normally do on this show, we are going to start out with drinking games. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game, and it's not one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Uh, Mr. Andy, since it is your month, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, okay. My drinking game is pretty simple. It's called the I Have You Now. Uh, <laughs> a, lot this, a lot of this book is people thinking of the drop on someone and they're about to take them out and then something happens and it doesn't and the people don't die. We know everyone survives to make mm-hmm. it into Empire Strikes Back, but uh, that repeats itself so many times. Take a drink every time someone gets the drop on someone else. Awesome. Speaking of drops, I'll go with mine. Uh, mine is called Name Droppers, which is uh, take a drink every time they say a character's name, you know, which the Star Wars universe in general is a little bit bad about doing that. Like, they re- awkwardly mm-hmm. refer to people by name, like, oh, Darth Vader, I knew it had to be you. Like, it's a little soap opery and strange. Um, and it, yeah, it's wonderful. So, yes. Uh, so, Mr. Todd, what is your drinking game role? Mine's called The Many Faces of Vader. Okay. So, even though it's just a mask and it's always just the mask and seems to be the same thing uh, every time that he is able to successfully portray an emotion the artist is amazing at this by the way go ahead and take a drink 
like you can just comes across with annoyance because there's always these shots of silence and he's just there looking and you can tell is he annoyed is he upset is he doing these things Ma- go Ma- ahead and there's that shirt it. that's like the mini that's, that's the exact same thing uh-huh. it's all just the exact same i, I, yeah. I had that shirt yeah yeah, right. yeah and the many faces of vader right there let's go ahead and, take and you know the whole time you're just thinking i'm surrounded by assholes yes mm-hmm. awesome speaking of surrounded by assholes mr adam what's your drinking hey! emerald you <laughs> um, mine's called you don't know the power of the dark side so every time vader uses the force okay and mr maya mine's called communication breakdown uh basically anytime two characters are communicating over their communicator or radio take it ah okay awesome it's a good set of rules it really does they're uh those are some really good rules. Like, I'm, I'm kind of proud of us, team. That's uh, hey. that's a good set right there. Mm-hmm. We stepped it up for uh, Andy Wilson month, apparently. We don't want to disappoint the birthday boy. So, Oh, thank you. Uh, well, cool. Well, so then um, we're going to get into votes as to whether or not we view that, uh, you know, it is worth your hard-earned time and money and effort to go hunt this book down and read it. Hold on um, a little second here. Yeah. So I say we change this up a little bit. Okay. Okay. So, on the count of three, so it's one, two, three, then you says, let's all just give our answer at the end of count of three. And I have a feeling this is going to go some way. <laughs> okay. Okay. okay we're going to do, th- do this two ways then, okay? So, okay. we're going to do it Todd's way first, and then I'll have a secondary question afterwards. All right. How does that sound? Okay. So, on the count of three, do we all, uh, who, fi- yes or no, is this worth your time or money and whatever? Ready? One, two, three. Yes. yes. No, I just get a yes. Of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So question number two then becomes do you feel that you need to have read the previous issues in order to appreciate this book on its own? So everybody got that question? Everybody uh-huh. got their answer? Yeah. Does that make sense, everybody? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So on the count of three we'll all do that, and then if there's a dissenting or a different one, we'll 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 fight about it. So no. okay, one, two, three, no. no. Okay, and to justify that, since it's not needed to justify that, they do the yellow crawl at the beginning of the book. So a lot of the information I already just gave you is coming out of that anyway. They'll they'll tell you all that information because it's it's been a while since I've read all the books and I came back and reread this, not remembering the full story from beforehand. I have like little bits of memory from it, but still mm-hmm. able to completely enjoy and appreciate this book on its own. So cool, I like that new methodology, Todd. I'm appreciative <laughs> of it. That might that might be helpful. We're, we're gonna have to try keep trying that. So. Uh, cool. Does anybody else have anything other forewarnings before we take our little break? No, I don't think so. No, not really. No. no. Cool. No. 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 We can argue over that terrible scene if you would like. Uh, no. <laughs> that yeah, it's amazing how much one live dialogue can change an entire character. Mr. Porg is not a fan as well, apparently. No. <laughs> I will say. I don't want to spoil this, but it kind of reminds me of the pork, like at least some of the jokes we've done with the pork, where there's a point in time where Triple um, yeah. Zero is marveled at what a dirty mouth uh, R2-D2 R2-D2 has. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, like, it's one of my favorite little moments there. Uh, it's very funny. I, I had, knew that R2 was a, a dirty little sailor, but uh, anyway, cool. So we're going to take a break. We'll play our little uh, ditty for our intermission. We're also going to play an ad for another show on the Hello Sweetie podcast network. I don't know which one it is this month, so it'll be a surprise. It's the first month of or first week of the month, so hooray! Adam will have to tell me which one I have to play here. I'm going to find that out, too, because I just put it up on, my, on Cinema Queens, too. So. Okay, well, so uh, another fine podcast of some kind that we're 
sisters in the same family of some kind. We're on the same network. It's all a big happy family thing. Uh, so, you know, enjoy that, and then we will be back uh, after all of that. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Hi, we're Rebecca and Charity. We get together every once in a while to talk about food and our mental health journeys. Join us on Spoonful of Podcasts as we discuss such compelling subjects as cinnamon rolls, depression, European Twinkies, ADHD, what's a kalashi, and more. Tune in every two weeks to follow along with the Tasty Podcast for the Healthily Mental. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to hear us every other week. A proud member of the Hello Sweetie Podcast Network. Uh, Mr. Andy, uh, since this is your favorite or your, your choice, would you like to give us a brief summary as to the plot? doesn't have to be terribly in detail, just a little bit of what's going on, or um, I can do it, or whatever. Sure, no, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, Vader is looking for Luke Skywalker. Uh, he knows that that will help him get back in the Emperor's good graces. Dr. Afra rings him up and says, Hey, I found out where he is. He's on this planet. Vader heads there, and guess what? There's a giant rebel fleet there. And uh, he Vader just starts blowing the crap out of every single X-wing that comes at him until Luke's like, oh, that's Vader, goes on a kamikaze run against him. They both crash on the planet. And then uh, Princess Leia is like, oh, Vader's down. Every single vo- uh, force that we have converge on that point and go take him out. This is our one chance. And wackiness ensues. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it just becomes a, a free-for-all between a bunch of people. And uh, some other characters show up near the end um, to uh, to make it even more interesting. Should I even go into that? Or? You can if you want to. I mean, we've done the spoiler announce. I mean, otherwise, otherwise we can just jump into conversation. If it comes up, it comes up. Yeah, let, let's just do that because I think that's okay. the basics. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a really simple book. And yeah. I just thought really uh, a great payoff and uh, a great like arc for most of the characters. Everyone kind of starts in one place, ends in another, and I, I I just loved that. I thought that was great. Everybody has sort of something going on. Everyone has something kind of interesting going on. This, in my opinion, is probably the height of the enjoyment I have so far of Triple uh, Zero um, of him. You know just so excited about all the people he's going to get to torture like it's like a kid at christmas of like i'm going to get to kill all these people it's going to be awesome um uh which like they are doctor i like doctor after as well but like those two droids are like two of my favorite characters mm-hmm. in the new series i don't know i mean does anybody have any thoughts that they want to jump out at you know my favorite line from the whole book that's when you know vader is down on the planet and people's like oh we're coming to get you and he's like oh i am surrounded by his fear and dead men that was yeah. one of the most badass moments I think I have ever read. Yeah. He's just there, and it's like he's like a kid in the candy shop going, finally, I get to like stretch my legs and have a good time here. Thinking of James Earl Jones saying that line makes that line even uh, the cool, all the cooler. so awesome. And then thinking of hiding Christensen behind the mask makes me go, really? <laughs> I don't really see that guy saying that. Well, yeah, but it's it's better than the crusty old man at the end of <laughs> Jedi. So, I mean, it's, take your pick, I guess. Sure. But. Actually, that's one of my favorite moments in is it, uh, Mallrats. Yep. 
where the the gay guys up there, the gay black guys talking about Darth Vader. Oh, chasing Amy. It's oh yeah, chasing pull, Amy. Yeah, or chasing Amy. Right. They pull up his mask and he's an old black dude. He just goes up and pulls out his gun. I'm the blackest man in the yeah. galaxy. Yeah, yeah. That's where the what's a Nubian yep. comes from, actually. Yep. Oh yeah. Which, which Todd threatens to do every time on a Comic Con panel. He threatens to stand up and ask questions, say, "What's a Nubian?" What's a Nubian? So every time I see, every time I see him pretend to start raising his hand, I'm like, "Oh shit, here it comes." <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you're the moderator, so you can ignore him. <laughs> I've done that. Like, I'll, I'll be excited. There's, you know, doing any other, anyone else. Anyone else? Well, anyone else? You, anyone? 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 All the way outside. Yes, I see. I, you peach your head in. <laughs> no, no. And actually, I've done that because there's, you know, unfortunately, with if you're moderating a panel, like you, you have people you see at certain panels over and over again, mm-hmm. who are the ones who actually don't really have a question, but they think that they're smarter than everyone on the panel. And in some cases, yep. they are. Um, mm-hmm. Who just want to interject like a fight? And it's like so you learn who not to call on. So. Sure. Yeah. But what I loved about this book was because this this came out before Rogue One, correct? Yes. Yes. Because I remember this came. I was I read this story actually in individual issues when it first came out. Uh, it was again it was fun seeing Darth Vader using the Force like he did because we up until Rogue One we never really got to see him do that. You know we saw him like you know uh-huh. the lightsaber battle with Obi Wan and he, he choked uh, Captain Piet, not Piet, um Admiral Ozzel and other people, but you didn't really get to see him like let loose. So it was really kind of fun mm-hmm. to be like, oh no, he is a badass with all these cool powers. And see, I didn't read too many of the of the Dark Horse uh, Star Wars comics because I wasn't really into comics when that was mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I've read books like uh, Sith Lords, where he's, like, he and Palpatine are trying to they crash down on a planet and are trying to get off while the rebels are trying to get him. Kind of the same story this one had, but with the Emperor. They're with trying them. to get off while the rebels are coming after them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wow, it's, same, it's, That's it's why the they, same thing yeah. in the porn parody too. It's wonderful. It goes both ways. Always. Well, and the funny thing is, you started saying that line, and for some reason in my head, I went to the Earth Girls are easy, and I was just thinking Sith Lords are easy, and so now I'm writing that down <laughs> in my band Lords name. Are easy. That could be the title of this episode. Um, but yeah, you, you get to see him actually let loose and use his powers and. Uh, the, the one thing we always that's that's been brought up before on other podcasts, I think we even mentioned it was mm-hmm. the fact that you know the force relies on the midichlorians in your body that are running through it and providing you with access to the force. So Vader's literally half a person, if that. And if he's still that yeah. fucking powerful, like it only lets you one makes you wonder how strong Anakin would have been if he would have actually fully developed him and become either. Had he not guy. turned into a shithead? <laughs> right. That was that was that great uh uh, little meme where you see um, Padme talking to to Obi Wan. She's mm-hmm. like, she's like, he did it. Obi Wan, I saw him. He killed all the younglings. He's like, well, I asked Anakin. He said you didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's painful. But no, so this I, I love because Darth Vader is my favorite Star Wars character of all time, and mm-hmm. I've always loved you know because he's yes he's this powerful bad guy, but also he's with that arc of redemption at the end. But we never really got to see him very often until recently. Be that huge badass that he is with the force and i love when they actually show him like oh no this guy's an asshole this he's he's got all this stuff going for him so well and if you go do the void game at uh downtown disney uh the star wars secrets of the empire spoiler alert i guess darth vader shows up at the end of it and he goes like you're shooting your lasers at him and he's just like defending them with their lightsaber like it's it's pretty cool as well and it's it, it starts Vader like he a he's terrifying mm-hmm. even in a digital format when you're in you know virtual reality but b like he He's just knocking around like there's nothing. You know what I mean? Like, just doesn't really matter. Well, in, so. in Star Tours, doesn't he, like, grab the ship? Mm-hmm. Like, one, one of the... Yeah, he does. Yeah. He shakes it around a little bit, the yeah. first time doing that, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, so I rode that with Jimmy and Kat when we were in, when they were in the, uh, at Disneyland. And uh, so 
that that ride, I, I can do 3D and I can do motion simulators, but the two of them together is normally a really bad combination. The few exceptions are the Transformers ride at uh-huh. Universal Studios, even when it doesn't break down on Todd and me, <laughs> Good um, which it did. Um, but uh, but like I went and wrote it. Okay, so that a that's part of the problem. B, it was a hot and just disgusting day, and the guy sitting next to me had some of the most rancid BO I've ever smelled in my entire life. So I'm sitting there, like, feeling like I'm going to (laughs) puke, and thinking to myself, I need to breathe deeply because I don't want to vomit on this thing. And then, of course, getting a big whiff of that and being like, no, the last thing you should do is breathe deeply. It was a very conflicting afternoon. Hey, Kat, you want to switch seats? (laughs) I think they knew what was up because they kept sacrificing, like, going, oh, no, you go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. I'm like, you guys know what's up, you bastards. Good for you. I was a sacrificial lamb. So, uh, so Andy, what? I mean, you had four books to choose for this month. What was it that made you choose this one? Out of curiosity, I wanted to redeem uh, Star Wars comics from y'all reading Tag and Bank. I just, dude, I <laughs> love. I really enjoyed Tag and Bank. I, know, I, I really enjoyed Tag and Bank as well. Adam didn't, and uh, I, I'm like, <laughs> you haven't read any other Star Wars comics. Let's let's do an easy one that everyone's gonna enjoy. So, uh, for Adam. Like Lando. Yeah, I like Lando. We did Lando like Lando, yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I really enjoyed the, the. How much these guys didn't like Tag and Bink is like ninety percent of my enjoyment because that's true. <laughs> it's it's absolutely there. I can see, you know, it's. I'm not sure. It's it's not a purist issue or anything like that. But some of the jokes were cornball and whatnot. But the many Bob hands execution. It's just great and fun, and you can see it coming 20 miles away, yet it still happens. And how upset Adam got was priceless. Yeah. Because it's hilarious. So, of course, I bring it up all yeah. the time. Well, and, and to point this out, this is also the same guy who bought an LAFC jersey just to annoy his brother. <laughs> so, this is know. a little bit of my M.O., Yeah. Which, as you described your brother having like, a poker face and you have to do things to annoy him, really explains why you and I became friends. Because <laughs> I am known for my poker face, actually. Like, I don't think I have a serious poker face, but You're I do. Um, poker face? Yeah. Poker face? A little bit. No, poker face. Poker in the face. Yeah. Once, twice, three times, now you're playing with yourself. Shipped and fell over and over and over again. One of the reason I wanted to do this is just I I really love Doctor Afra and I mm-hmm. think she I is too. a great character. And this was the first time we got introduced to her, and it's so funny to me how divisive she can be among only a certain type of mm-hmm. fan. And uh, like, yeah. Oh really? So I is, didn't know there were people who didn't like yeah, Doctor Afra. Yeah, who dislikes her? Uh, I, I'm curious I, about I, this. I, I bet I can guess what kind of fan doesn't like Doctor Afra. Yeah. Uh, well, we can take the <laughs> the the guys over at Rebel Force Radio for one, uh, and you know their meltdown a few weeks ago. But um, you know their main problem was like, why is there a girl in Star Wars? Why does why did do, why does it have to be a girl character? And it's like, why not? And I. I just think she's a great character, and uh, I I think she's sexy as hell, and I'm sad she's playing the other team. I'm sexy as hell, and I play for the other team. No, that's it's true, and, I'm, and that makes me true. sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is, in both the case of Dr. Afra and, uh, and Adam, the fact that's that they true. play for the other team is part of what makes them sexy go. as hell. I really can be. I will say Dr. Afra for me, supplanted, because I read when like Timothy Zahn came out with his first trilogy, I read those when they came out. 
the uh, Mara Jade. I was always a huge fan of Mara Jade. Yeah. I don't think she's made it much past it, but Afra's kind of supplanted Mara Jade for me. But people's like, who's like, like, oh, Mara Jade was awesome. And okay, for for those of us who don't know, who is Mara so Jade? So Mara Jade in the books was seen as the um, Emperor's or Thrawn's uh, dagger hand, the cloak and dagger. She's the one that got shit done for Admiral Thrawn. So she okay. was a. She's basically the hand of the king from Game of Thrones. Yeah, she was a, less so. So the hand of the king was really like the voice of the king. So um, mm-hmm. Mara Jade was the behind the scenes, my my secret right. assassin, my miss, master of spice kind of a deal. But she gotcha. was fantastic, okay. and she and Luke had yep. an interesting relationship going on. They, but, got, they got married eventually. And got married. Married. But she was Mary Jade was always an extremely and. And then she came out. She was my favorite character. Like Thrawn gets a lot of attention because he's awesome. But I think Mara Jade is every bit as awesome. And that was the first canonical Star Wars books fiction that really kicked it all off. So having anyone really complain going, oh, why is there a girl here? I mean, at the well, very beginning, it's right there. A lot of those people that complain are also upset that those any of the books before Disney, so including Mara oh, Jade, yeah. aren't considered canon, which here's a little secret. They never were. So... Right. Yeah, but Mary J was just awesome. But Star Wars has this rich, rich history. Of it. Yeah, but no, Afra's just as awesome. Right, and I can still go read all of those X-wing novels and love them and enjoy them. Yeah, who who cares? I don't. They're not going away. Yeah, I, I still I like love those they, books. I like that they. I like that they. All that stuff they put under the Legends banner because they could be legends. They could be stories that people told that may ne- may not necessarily be true. Yeah. So they can exi- both exist and not exist at the same time, unless we're told otherwise. Yeah, and if you if you look at the the Legends universe, I mean, it's it got so fucked up and weird, and like everything was going off in a million directions. There was no central focus. But with like the moon crashing on Chewbacca, it took a moon to kill Chewie. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but what I love the fact is that they're with Disney now in charge of it. They're taking the things that worked and that everyone enjoyed, and they're bringing them over. So we've got Thrawn back. Thrawn, Thrawn, if you uh-huh. haven't watched Rebels, you're missing. Yeah. It. Yeah. If you if you watch Solo. Uh, there's this thing where Orlando's gambling. He's telling all these stories, and he's telling the stories of what happened in these books he was in. Where like, mm-hmm. you know, so they're bringing back the stuff they like that makes sense that they have actually control over mm-hmm. and making it canon again. But like you were saying, it's like just because just it's not official Star Wars lore anymore doesn't mean you can't go back and enjoy those books and see where it came from and and still have get pleasure out of that. I mean, like I love the the Force Unleashed games. They're not the best games in the world, but they're a ton of fun. They are a lot of fun. They're not canon anymore. And even bringing up Thrawn again, one of the things was like Thrawn, and they were like Palpatine like Thrawn, and it's like, well, Palpatine only liked humans, and Thrawn was humanoid, but not a human as well. So people were surprised that Palpatine is this. How do you call a, uh, a, a, a speciest xenophobe? Xenophobe as yeah. a xenophobe having Thrawn being the badass. But they brought the fact that the only reason why he, he even did that was because he was impressed by Thrawn's. Right, strategic capability. It wasn't for that he wouldn't have given a fuck. Right, so the Thrawn surpassed that with it. So, but it's very much the the speciest as the villain. Yeah, being although I did, cast the, that way. I did hear the Emperor has a Smurf fetish. Wait, so so you're telling me <laughs> that the guys who have an army made out of people named stormtroopers are bigots? No way, man. <laughs> yeah. Talking, <laughs> no. I've never heard of anything like that in history right? at all. Yeah, I can't tell that. No. Oh, I forgot to tell you about that, Adam. So I did my like bad German accent in front of a professional voice coach. 
And all of a sudden I was like, oh wait, this was a terrible thing to do. Like I was suddenly terribly embarrassed at like how horrible my German accent was. And like she was more just sitting there trying to analyze what influences <laughs> would cause that dialect to happen. Like she's sitting there going, okay, like why would you do that? Where would they have grown up? What like TV shows would they have watched? Like I don't know if she was analyzing the fake character that I created or me as to where that voice <laughs> came grew, from. They grew up in my mind was, in the of Rocky and Bullwinkel. <laughs> <laughs> or something. It was very weird, but I like I did that for like a hot second, and then I was like, "Oh wait, this is a really bad idea." It's... Hey, uh, Andy. Yes. I got a question for you. Do you? I, maybe this is just me. I was gonna see if you get the same vibe because of Doctor Afra's like technical skills. Do you get sort of a Kaylee from Firefly vibe off of her, but like an evil version of it, or is that just yeah, me? totally? But you know what? What okay. you were saying earlier about being kind of an evil Indiana Jones. I mean, I think that was. That was uh -huh. spot on. And it, my favorite part of the book was actually, you know, going back to my drinking game of I've got a, I've got the drop on you. Mm -hmm. Han Solo's got the drop on her. She's got the drop on him. And they drop uh -huh. these wasp snakes down on each other. And they're like, oh, why did it <laughs> yeah. have to be wasp snakes? I'm like, huh, I understood that <laughs> reference. <Yeah. laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that it's both her and Indiana Jones as well, because exactly. it's Harrison Ford, which is exactly. kind of awesome as well. Exactly. So I thought I felt that was a nice little moment. But yeah, she's she's kind of a wunderkind. Um, she's able to you know fix stuff, do stuff, which again I think might be one of the reasons why haters hate on her. Like, how can you have a girl who's good at stuff? She's a Mary yeah. Sue. Yeah, Luke yeah. Skywalker is a Mary Sue. He's the only one who's allowed. So yeah, you know, I it's a, I, it's a, it's a Maddie Mike. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anyway, so I I think she's great, and I yeah, but I like that, and I also I love Kaylee, so there we go. Mm -hmm. I mean to say, yeah, I'm, I'm all for a woman who can fix my car. In fact, I dated one at one point in time; it was very handy. <laughs> I had a flat tire, and she fixed my flat tire for me. And like, police officer pulled up behind us because we just had a flat tire outside the road. And as he saw her fixing my tire, he goes, "You should hold on to that one." <laughs> I didn't, but it was really funny that a cop said that I should, so it was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Well, cool. Uh, so who has cocktails for this guy? I do. Okay. What is your cocktail, Mr. Adam? Okay, so mine is called Murderbot, off of our two favorite okay. little robots. And it's kind of like, it's kind of a take on a, on a pina colada, but a little more fucked up. So you take two and a okay. half ounces of dark rum, two and a half ounces of amaretto, one ounce of coconut cream, six ounces of pineapple juice, a tiny splash of milk, and some crushed ice. Put it all in a blender, blend it till it's nice and smooth, adding more ice so for the consistency you want. You pour it into a hurricane glass, and you float uh, one and a half ounces of Bacardi 151 on top of that. And that, that will murder you. That will murder you. I'm going to throw mine out because I don't know if we've used this before in the show, but it seems oddly familiar, mm -hmm. but I'm just going to throw it out there anyway. Mine is called the Death Star. Um, anybody else have a Death Star? Nope. Nope. No, but there's a really good Mexican plate okay, that has one. Yes, there is. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Okay. You can only order, you only order two, one. I've yeah. been there. I'm, El Chihuahua. I, Chihuahua. I'm always surprised, like, how are they allowed to bring out a drink this big in the state? I don't know. It's a real question I have. And they've been doing it for years, so I figured if it was a problem, they'd... Something, something would have been addressed. Happened, yeah. Sure. Or something. Uh, okay, so it is one ounce of Jägermeister, one ounce of uh, Gentleman Jack Tennessee whiskey, one ounce of Grey Goose, one ounce of Triple Sec, two ounces of Sour Mix, and two ounces of Coca-Cola. It's essentially Long Island iced tea. But... Uh, uh, and then you add all the ingredients into a Collins glass of rice and you stir. And you garnish with a straw if you really feel the need. But you don't have to put in the straw if you don't want to. Even if you're not in California or Bendy straw. Yeah. 
bend these straws. Yeah, and even in California, it's going to be hard to find straws here in the future. Uh, yeah. So, okay, well, uh, Mr. Todd, do you have a cocktail for us? I do. Um, I'm calling it the Alderaan Sunburn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. Um, really what this is for, it's for uh, Darth Vader to be enjoying after the events of Vader Down. And it's just a uh, amplified version of a tequila sunrise. Because okay. after that workout, he needs something to enjoy. And Desert Planet, all that. So it's four ounces of tequila, four ounces of OJ, half ounce of grenadine. Um, you just put that in a lowball glass, highball glass, and you put ice cubes in it. Um, so you add in the tequila OJ, and OJ initially De- together stir it around au jus. Au jus. you just <laughs> you know just swirl it around with a spoon and then you just slowly on the edge you put in the grenadine so it slips to the very bottom of the drink and then it slowly works its way back up again so you kind of have this red rising in the OJ and it's like a cool sunburn so yeah and then you can garnish with the orange and a maraschino cherry so it's just kind of a amped up tequila sunrise. So speaking of alcoholic orange juice, um, there's an episode of The Office where uh, Michael is being a bartender for, at a party, and he mixes orange juice and vodka, aka a screwdriver. Right. And um, and uh, he gives it, and he goes, uh, so he gives it to uh, Jim Halpert, and he's like, oh, so what? And Jim asks him, what do you call? It? He goes, I call it an orange vod juice, and he goes. <laughs> Wow, it's really tasty. I'm surprised no one's ever come up with it before. He goes, yeah, I know, right? So anyway, <laughs> well, those great things. Uh, Mr. Maya, do you have a cocktail for us? Yeah, uh, I have one that's called the Darth Vader. Okay. Uh, it's a half ounce of gin, half ounce of light rum, half ounce of white tequila, half ounce of triple sec, half ounce of vodka, two ounces of sour mix. Combine all those into a shaker and shake it over ice into a Collins glass and then fill the rest of the glass with Jaeger. So when it comes to Darth Vader and enjoying all these drinks, I just have this mental picture of like a port opening and a straw going in so you can slurp it through. See? And that's like the least badass thing. I <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I think uh, more along... Drink and you hit the... <laughs> 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 it's funny. This is why we, we can't outlaw that's straws. A really interesting People question. like Darth Vader need their Darth straws, Vader. everybody. Jeez. That's right. <laughs> well, and I just think of Spaceballs is really what comes to my head of, you know, like the, the whole front half lifting up and him, you know, having a soda underneath. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll have Cat Martin paint that just to see if she can figure it out. Is uh, Darth Vader lying on a beach with a, 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 a an umbrella drink? That could be a lot of fun. Be. Uh, Mr. Andy, do you have a yes, cocktail for us? Well, I have a, a keeping with my tradition. Did of, you just say I hate sand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. sand. Uh, he mutters, he mutters under his breath. <laughs> that might be going in my band name list of Darth Vader hates sand. Um, uh, I, uh, continuing with, with my tradition of mocktails, um, this, this just should be very tasty. Take four cups of watermelon, seeded, uh, four tablespoons of sugar or simple syrup, the juice of one lime, a half cup of mint leaves, and one jalapeno seeded and chopped. Blend that until smooth and then strain it, then mix with soda water to taste. And yeah, you could probably throw some booze in there if you want to. Uh, I call that I call that the Vader's spicy blade. Got a Ooh, spicy blade. Yeah, really got good. a nice kick on it. Yep. Ooh. See, I would I'm gonna make that and have my wife enjoy that, and then I'll add some booze after she's done enjoying it. Exactly. Enjoy the rest. Yep. Does anybody have anything else they want to discuss before we go into final grades and whatnot on this? One tiny thing. My favorite moment yes. of the book that we haven't addressed yet. There's a moment where Leia 
and Vader are facing off and she's Mm -hmm. like basically trapped and then uh, she's looking at him and then Vader's like wait what and looks over his shoulder and then she beats it did anyone else get what happened there she used the force yeah she fucking used the Jedi Mm -hmm. mind trick on him <laughs> I just she may love that. not have known she used it, but, but she yeah. used it. Yep, but she used it, and I I love that that uh, you know she's able to get inside Vader's head and and do that. So, good. but Leia never showed she had force powers before. Yeah, we didn't know Leia could do that. Leia Poppins. <laughs> so yeah, to all the haters out there again. See 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 previous yes. discussion. <laughs> Yes, I guess, well, now that we've pointed out that fact, so now there is canon in comic books of covering Leia, so when you get into that argument and, you know, at some point in time about Leia using the Force in The Last Jedi, you now have a a defense for that. It's still Disney comics, man. Yes, but however, if when we read, uh, what, Dark Empire number two? Yes. The Disney comics is is a good thing. Let's put it that way. (laughs) A very good thing. They they have put a lot of talent onto these books, um, and we will now grade that talent as if we have the skills to be able to surpass, mm-hmm. um, because that's what we do. So uh, I'll just team these guys up. So uh, there's a lot of people here, but we'll so we'll do uh, for the writing, which is uh, Aaron and Gillian. Um, what is your grade? Um, we'll start with Mr. Andy, since it's your book. Uh, a. That shouldn't be a okay. surprise. I I love this. Yeah. I. Uh, and, and I'm much more of a writing guy than a, a than an art guy usually, but this mm-hmm. this was just crisp dialogue. Again, you know, I mentioned every person goes on a journey here. There's an arc here in this comic, uh, which I think is generally hard to do in uh, in this kind of serialized entertainment. This could have been really mm-hmm. just like oh, and wackiness ensues, and it would have been incredibly fun. Uh, but everybody grows and ends up in a different place, mm-hmm. and that's really, really, really hard to do when you're in this little period of time that everybody knows about but yet knows nothing about. You've got to stop it before anything that happens in Empire Strikes Back and not go beyond that uh, and and still have it be satisfying. So I, I just thought that was great how they were to pull all of that, able to pull all of that together. Awesome. Uh, what is your grade, uh, Mr. Maya? Uh, I'm also at an A. Uh, I like my Star Wars to be fun, and that's what this book is, is it's a lot of fun. It has a lot of really cool moments, like uh, you know Vader saying, I'm staring at a bunch of dead men. Uh, <laughs> any time that the murder bots are on the screen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm at an A. Uh, Mr. Adam? Uh, I'm at an A as well. Yeah, the, the, I read almost all the Vader series. I kind of got busy, and I need to finish the last couple of issues. I haven't started the new one yet, but this was my favorite Star Wars comic when it was out. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's interesting. We get to see Vader be a badass more than he normally is, and it was immensely fun going back and reading it over again. So it has same power. In fact, you can read it multiple times and still enjoy it each time. Uh, Mr. Todd. You know... I'm going to give it an A. So as a crossover, so it's equal parts Gillen and Aaron. And even though it's being written by different writers, it just it has a harmonious singing to it, which is uh-huh. great. And the dialogue, we had made comments before, like, oh, you know how Star Wars is the funny habit of going, oh, Darth Vader, I see it as you. Uh-huh. But it, it fits perfectly. I yeah. mean, these writers are, I mean, yes, 
it's Disney Star Wars, and they're bringing in these writers to write the stuff. But they get the job of what they were hired to do, and they're just executing flawlessly. And the way that they've obviously worked together, going back and forth, it is so much fun. And there's a consistency to it that it just rings true to the story, the tone, and everything going along with it. It really, I want to see this as a movie as much yeah. as anything yeah. else. It's fantastic. I also read the Darth Vader series. I haven't read the Star Wars run of it at all. So Star Wars I, run's great. It's I, really great. Yeah, sure. But I haven't read that one. I just run the Darth Vader side, and I super enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, this has been great. It was a lot of fun. It's like, oh, so this is what... It's not what comics can be, but, I mean, it is... It's near the height of what it is, and it's great. Hey. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm in agreement with Todd about the harmonious nature between the two writers. Uh, the other thing I'd like to point out is that they're alternating, you know, one issue back and forth between the two of them, mm-hmm. and it flows really well. I mean, we've had other books that were, you know, hybrids and crossovers, and like jumping from one issue to another issue, it's pretty jarring and it's a little weird and doesn't necessarily make sense. They do a really good job as far as crossovers go of combining those storylines and not repeating and sort of keeping the whole thing flowing together and moving forward, and I think it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's very, very good. Um, so I'm going to go with an A on that as well. Uh, for art, and there's a plethora of writers, so I'm not going to name them all off. Uh, for art, uh, what is your grade? We'll start again with Andy. Uh, yeah, A again, my my relatively uninformed opinion on this, but uh, I like to see really cool, big splash mm-hmm. pages, and I got a bunch of those in here. Uh, the, it's like the second or third page when Vader pops out of hyperspace, and there's like... There- 40, 50 X-Wings on there. There are 30. I, I actually counted them. <laughs> In, it's, it's, just, it's three, no. three squads of 10. He said three, three squads of 10. Squadrons. So freaking cool. I, I just, I I loved it. Um, and uh, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything more. It just felt like Star Wars down to the feel of the planet and uh, the movement of lightsabers, uses of shadow and uh, dust and steam, great! I love this. I, I, I thought it was awesome. Well, um, we'll continue on the same order we did before with uh, Mr. Maya. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be at an A. Uh, I love all the different artists in this. Uh, Mike Diodato and Salvador Larocca. They were you know doing both the Star Wars and, and Vader books at the time, uh, and I they did a good job of you know the characters actually looked like the characters. And uh, the action was exhilarating and fun, and stuff blowed up, and yeah, I liked it a lot. Hey, also real quick, uh, we were you were talking earlier, so that Kieran Gillen's run of Vader ended, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then uh, they started a second Vader series that Charles Soule is doing now, and that takes place after Episode Three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now Jason Aaron has left Star Wars, and guess who? Gillen took over Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, Kieran Gillen took over the Star Wars book. So yeah, yeah, because I have a trade with Gillen on on it. So so yeah, yeah. No, so Gillen writes Star Wars now. Yeah, it's so it's still in that same family of writers that kind of started the Marvel stuff and still pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Mister Adam, uh, I'm in an A as well. Pretty much for all the reasons they've already said. So I won't elaborate uh-huh. more. But it was it was a it was a fun book to look at, interesting to read, and I love it. So. Well, uh, Mr. Todd? You know, in a lot of ways, what I said about the writers seems true for the art. And because with the art, it very much looks like Star Wars, but a lot of it also has the look and feel of some of those original um, movie posters as Mm -hmm. well. 
So it's mm-hmm. got that combination. So it's like you have this picture book, not quite a movie posters, but darn near near it, and it's just it just captures the essence of Star Wars so well. These covers, the covers for mm-hmm. these, and some of the the alt covers were just mm-hmm. spectacular. They absolutely are, and it's like these are some of those things. Like, yeah, I'd hang that up anywhere, and you—it's so much fun. So it's the—I mean—and the arts. Every bit as much as the writing being harmonious, the arts being harmonious. It's not jarring at all. Jumping from Star Wars to Vader and back and forth. It's been uh-huh. a very smooth transition. And so you're having two artists just working and filling in and getting it out, and it is—it um, is um, absolute top talent work going on here, and it's fantastic. So yeah, it's me. Um, and I'll agree with that. I also think that, uh, as I know, uh, I think it was Maya said he'd like to see a film of this comic, mm-hmm. um, or maybe Todd did. I think because I don't think you could ever actually, no. uh, you know, film it now. Obviously, these actors are much older than they were. I think if you did an animated version in this art style, I think it would be spectacular. You know what I mean? Like if you could do a cartoon that looked like these drawings, it would be an amazing film, um, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. And uh, you know, you still use the voice talents for a lot of the characters. Uh, which would be great. So um, yeah, so I'm also at an A. Uh, so I mean, Billy D can still voice can voice younger Lando on yeah. Rebels. Yeah, uh, Tara Strong for Doctor Afra. If we're gonna do, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a good call. I like that'd that. Be awesome. Cool. And then uh, so for overall grades, this is probably redundant and unnecessary, <laughs> but we're gonna go through it anyway. Uh, Mr. Andy, what is your overall grade? A A A A A. Mr. We'll say Mr. Todd. We'll throw a little wrench into it. You know, my I've got many hands here, both of them. <laughs> and I, think, I will stab you. <laughs> and um, I will stab you with Trump's dick. And many with our hands all agree that this is just a triple A title, and it's great stuff. Hey. Cool. Uh, Mr. Adam? Uh, a as well. I mean, this reminds me just, again, how much I love Star Wars and why I love it. It just kind of condenses everything I've fallen in love with over the last, you know, 30 some years of my life into into. into a nice little graphic novel. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, Mr. Maya. Hey! <laughs> it's the fonts. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And uh, I'll sit there with everybody else as an A. Like, you know, no brainer. No surprises there. Uh, probably, it definitely is up there on one of the better books that we've read. I mean, and as far as uh, both writing and art are both spectacular in this book, and it's super fun. And coming back uh, to, again, I guess, if I have... The thoughts on this the rereadability yeah is surprisingly high really high i mean as much yeah. as the movies are fun to watch again and again this book here it just as i read this again it's going i'm like shit i need to read darth vader again <laughs> i have all this list yeah. of other stuff i should be reading or want to be reading it's on my list to do and what if my eye goes is like oh i should read that again because it's just that awesome yeah, I was going to say, I think that it's a great entry point for anyone mm-hmm. who wants to get into comics. It's like, well, what what should I mm-hmm. read? It's like, do you like Star Wars? Yeah, most people like mm-hmm. Star Wars. Read this. It's very Star Wars. And then it's going to open up a lot of other lines for you to want to read other Star Wars comics. Maybe you pick up some Guardians of the Galaxy or some Green Lantern or something along with Guardians that if you want more galaxy. space comics. and uh, Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I I just think it's it's great at doing that, and everyone needs a first comic. So this is a great entry point for a lot of people. Awesome, uh, cool. Does anybody have any recommendations for this? I do. Okay, uh, I'm gonna stick in the stay in the Star Wars uh, camp here, and 
one of the first titles Marvel put out when they got the new, the new license was a five-issue miniseries called Princess Leia. Oh, that's a fun one, yeah. Uh, it's by Mark Wade and Terry Dodson, and it is basically, it starts right at the medal ceremony at the end of A New Hope, and it's Leia saying basically, like, oh, everyone from Alderaan, like, we're a dying race now, We're so it's, it's kind of her going through the galaxy, uh, gathering up the rest of her people, and then figuring out what to do going forward. Well, um, Mr. Adam, do you have a recommendation? I am good right now, no. Okay, Mr. Todd? Um, you, as much as we enjoyed It's Vader Down, it was a big crossover event. The uh, Vader series itself, or even there's been three trades of Dr. Afro as well as mm-hmm. come out. Those are absolutely all worth reading. So if you enjoyed this, read the Darth Vader run by Karen Gillan. So it's this and four other trades, I believe. And then there's three trades of Dr. Afra, and it's just so much fun. So I would say that. Cool. Um, Mr. Andy, do you have any recommendations? I do. Uh, this doesn't really tie into Star Wars that much, but uh, if you have not yet seen the movie, sorry to bother you. I'm, oh my gosh, I love that movie so much. I want someone to discuss this with Andy. I'm so excited. Okay, good. Okay. We'll need okay. to go see this movie. <laughs> it It is messed up in all the right ways. Yeah. And so good. It, it's, it's like... Uh, yeah, it, I, it's just really hard to explain uh, other than it's just magical. Yes. Yeah, I have a friend of mine at work who uh, is another film buff, and uh, I, I made him go watch it because I'm like, I want someone to have seen this because I want to discuss it with it, somebody, but you can't really discuss this movie without spoiling it to a certain extent. Like, you can say what's in the trailers, but really to discuss this film, you have to go into greater depth. The only other thing, and, and you can verify if this statement is true or not is i feel like it's the closest a modern film i've seen has come to a terry gilliam style movie that's not terry gilliam obviously agreed and yeah yeah and and there's some michelle gondry in there for people yeah uh i mean they even they even call out michelle gondry there's a there's a stop motion animation piece in the middle of it that they say is by Michelle Bondry or something like that. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Like that. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. I, I see what they're doing. Uh, it's just so interesting because it's, it's rare to see a movie that is so unique and so different that really, really, really works. And um, yeah. It really does. The only, when I discussed with a friend of mine, the only thing we had discussion about, and Andy, you and I can discuss this off air if we don't want to spoil it for everybody, is a little bit of a disagreement about the ending. Was They weren't necessarily a huge fan of it. I was kind of okay with it, but they didn't necessarily like the very, very ending of it. I love it. Um, I, I think it's mm-hmm. gonzo in all the right ways that it should be Yes, gonzo. I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's really bizarre. Uh, their other discrepancy was um, when he briefly gets back with his girlfriend. Um, he thinks that it was against her character to have done that. My opinion is she was kind of an artist in free thinking and she kind of was going to do whatever she was going to do. But uh, that, that was the only other discussion we really had about that film. But it is, it's one of those movies, I, I think it actually has a very interesting political message to a certain extent. It's also just bizarre. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised it didn't come out closer to Oscar season. Like that was, it was one of those things where I was like, why was this not? I mean, but maybe they're trying to go the, the get out route and bring it out in the summer and hopefully people remember it but yeah i think that's what they're trying to do i mean it came out at sundance yeah. and and then it, it kind of played the festival circuit and it got this summer release date and it's been kind of building and it's interesting like 
this movie came out in a lot of places five six weeks ago now um mm-hmm. but it's finally on like almost a thousand screens nationwide which is pretty good they keep expanding it mm-hmm. um because people keep going to see it as as word of mouth builds so uh i yeah I just yeah it is weird it's it's fun um well I, maybe fun isn't the right word um well no it's messagey without feeling preachy yeah but you know i don't i don't often like talk at movies or vocalize anything when i'm in the theater um Mm -hmm. but there's that one moment when he goes behind the olive door and i just went Uh i just went oh yeah fuck yeah oh yeah oh yeah no totally right there with you like holy shit what's going on here (laughs) right uh it's also one of those things where it's a little bit like shocking like holy shit is did this movie just go the direction I thought it did? But then they keep going that direction, and you're like, I don't know how I feel about this. This is really weird, but I'm kind of totally okay right. with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's very strange right. how that goes. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, I, I'm stealing I'm jumping on to your recommendation because I totally forgot. I knew there was something I wanted to recommend. I'm so glad you brought that up because I've been wanting to awesome. recommend that as well because I, I loved that movie. I thought it was great. So that's fantastic. And I'm good. Now I have someone else I can discuss it with. Yes. You'll be getting text messages from me, if nothing else. Uh, so... <laughs> um, well, cool. So um, that'll do it for this week. Next week, we are going to be reading March uh, by John Lewis. Um, let's see. Andrew Aiden, I believe, co-wrote it with him. For those of you who don't know, we discussed it a little bit last week. Uh, John Lewis um, was a senator. Uh, who? Well, he is a senator. Um, he actually was part of the civil rights movement with uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and all that kind of thing. Um and uh, for those of you who want more information on him, he was actually interviewed on the first episode of um, David Letterman's new uh, TV show on Netflix. Um, but this is a, a, an interesting story uh, telling his journey, basically. It's a comic book telling his journey, and there's some, uh, some interesting things there. Anything else uh, as a forewarning I should mention, Andy? It's going to get political, so if you have sensitive snowflake yeah. ears... I'm fucking sorry. Yeah, <laughs> probably true. Um, but uh, yeah, and actually, there's an interesting thing in here that, uh, that I have a sl- an odd personal connection to uh, that we will discuss as well. Uh, but uh, a, a good, interesting book. I saw this and I was like, well, here comes Andy's political side and I'm all for this. This will be great. So um, yep. we will be uh, we'll be doing that next week. Um, does anybody else have anything or are we good? I'm good. We're good. Good. Awesome. Well, cool. Thank you so much for listening to us. um, And we will see you next week as we continue Andy Wilson Month with March. And once again, thank you for joining us, Andy, and happy birthday. Yay! Yay! May the fourth be with you, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop to tip your bartender well and stay hydrated.